Welcome to the Beers and Bible Podcast, a podcast that explores God's Word while enjoying the fruits of God's creation. You can find us on Instagram at Beers and Bible underscore, on Facebook by searching Beers and Bible Podcast, and on Twitter at Beers and Bible P1. You can also email us at Beers and Bible Podcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy what you hear on Beers and Bible, please consider leaving a five-star rating and a review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast. Billy Currington summed it up well when he said, God is great, beer is good, and people are crazy. So let us join our hosts, Michael and Anthony, for this week's discussion. Welcome to episode number 176 of the Beers and Bible Podcast. I am Michael. And I am Anthony. And we're glad to have another week to drink a little bit of beer. I'm not drinking beer tonight. I'm drinking cider. I'm going off the I'm going off the reservation. Well, it's at least got alcohol in it, and it's not an it IPA. So. It's not an IPA. It is not banned by the, the podcast hosts, uh, which is us. Um, it's eight percent though. I don't think I've had a cider that's eight percent. So I've had a couple that are like seven, six and a half, okay. seven up there. Okay. So they're they're out there. Um, cider, man, ciders are so good. I do like ciders. So it's gonna be good. Yeah, we're gonna talk about it here in a little bit. How's your week been, man? It's been good. Uh, we're recording on a different night tonight, just because of uh, just because of reasons, uh, scheduling conflicts and such. Yep, work and. All that kind of fun stuff coming in, coming in hot. So, mm-hmm. but we're we're uh, we're hanging in there. We're we're staying busy. Um, I've got some like allergy stuff going on right now. So if you hear a lot of like sniffling or if I go like off the grid for a minute, that's because <laughs> I'm trying not to sneeze into the microphone or something. Uh, we just got back. We had a uh, like a little Father's Day getaway with the whole fam this mm-hmm. past weekend up to uh, up to one of our favorite places to go. Um, my wife's family calls it camping. But we stay in campers, so I'm I'm glamping. I, I I don't even, it's it just feels like we're in a house sometimes, <laughs> like like a really small house, but not quite a trailer. Like I don't know how to explain it, but <laughs> we we stay in campers. Like I would love to do a tent camp up there one time, but mm-hmm. I don't know. With two kids, that may be a little tricky. So uh, yes, it is. Anyway, we did that. Had a relax, somewhat relaxing weekend, and uh, back at it today was my first day back at work this week. So. Mm-hmm. All good there, and uh, yeah, just uh, keeping on, keeping on, keeping on. So, how about you? What's going on? Work, work, man, work, work, work. I, I'm. This is going to be surprising for everybody, and and I'm just I'm going to go ahead and rock everybody's world. But um, Michael and I actually have real jobs too. Like the the podcast does not, well, it doesn't even pay us at all. So, but <laughs> we when we say busy, we are like, and schedules change. Man, it gets it's get gets crazy and that has been the last few weeks uh around around our house i I feel like so sunday was father's day and we went to church and then we went and saw a movie after church and then i had to take my daughter back to church for youth group and then i was like i got home at like five o'clock on father's day and i was like i am tired what movie did your daughter go see uh the the new live action little mermaid okay and I really enjoyed it. Um, it's so in in the original Little Mermaid, my favorite character is Sebastian. Uh-huh. And in the new Little Mermaid, my favorite character is still Sebastian. 
It was like they that one they nailed Sebastian in this one. Flounder was kind of weird. Like yeah. I don't I didn't get I didn't get the whole flounder thing. Um if you if you've never seen Little Mermaid, I'm sorry. I'm just I'm I'm gonna go on a little tangent. I love movies and Disney movies and I'm about to say um, he he's nerding out on the Disney <laughs> of it right now. <laughs> but they did a really good job of really like sticking to the original story. Um and and so and working it into being like live action as well. So I thought they did a a really good job with the movie cool. itself and um it was good. It was age appropriate. All the good things that you want to hear from a kids movie. So yeah, there you go. That's what that's what we have done uh, for the last few days. But tonight we are going to drink a little beer, and I've already mentioned that I'm going to have a cider. So I'll introduce mine. I am going to have tonight from Blake's Hard Cider Company. It is the American Apple Imperial Hard Cider. Mm. Um, it, it the so the tagline for this specific one is American to its core, and I think that's probably going to. So we're like a couple of weeks ahead of July Fourth weekend. Maybe I should have saved this one for like next week or week after, but I couldn't wait. I wanted to try it tonight. So in in lieu of heading into Fourth of July weekend, I want to see if this thing's any good. Uh-huh. Because if it is good, I may try to find one here locally. Where's uh where's Blake's from? Um, it is I think they were in Michigan. It's not on the can. Let me look here. So they are in dude, they don't even put it on their website. Come on, seriously. Oh, here we go. Visit. Mm-mm. No, don't advertise to me. Gotta throw in some music for this little odd yeah, break no. you have here. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm doing. Could have just Google searched it by now. I could I probably could. It by now. Like, well, it says like here's their plan of visit. They have a location, but they don't have like an address. Blake's Armada, room. Michigan. There you go. Armada, Michigan. It said Armada. But I was like, I don't know where Armada is. <laughs> Blake's Orchard and Cider Mill. Is that it? That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Armada, Michigan. Yep. If you're interested Al- in Almont and Armada. Huh. Interesting. So also I don't even know where those are. Interesting they don't put it on their actual actual website. Yeah, it was like I had to hunt for them. it's not on Armada is a village, it's not even a town. Maybe it's in the woods. Maybe it's in maybe the they're upper, Amish. Maybe it's in the UP. That would be amazing. Now, now I've got to Google map this. Armada, no, Michigan. They're in the mitten. Dad nabbit. <laughs> I was hoping I was hoping for some upper peninsula action there. So anyway. Welcome to the village of Armada. Look at that. Armada. There you go. There you go. Awesome. So what are you drinking tonight? So tonight I am drinking from Southbound Brewing based in Savannah, Georgia. Drinking the Mountain Jam Southern Lager. Um, it just looks like it's going to be a pretty basic lager, uh, uh, 30 IBUs and on the can, they've got a little description here, our Southern dried hopped lager with the refreshing taste you crave Citra, Amarillo and Cascade hops lend this brew. It's heady citrus aroma to create a craft lager like no other, a slight body, but doesn't skip on flavor, making it the perfect beer for soaking up the rays. So, uh, Southbound. We've never had them on the podcast, I don't think. So 
Um, Life's a trip, head southbound. It's on their can right there, but there's a little, little, little southbound. Nice. Yeah. So anyway, Mountain Jam. I'm expecting a, just a kind of basic lager. I had a classic city lager earlier when I got home from work today. Mm. Um, and I've got a fridge full of yinglings, so I've got a lot of lagers to compare <laughs> this to. Um, classic city is a good one, too. Oh, yeah, it's so good. It's it's still it it's it's still up there. So anyway, that's yeah. not what I'm drinking tonight. Mountain Jam. So Mountain Jam, Apple. Let American Apple. <laughs> I was like, what am I drinking? It's been that week. Been that week. It's only Tuesday. <laughs> it's been that week. <laughs> so well, let's crack these things open. Let's see what we got going on. Let's do it. Three, two, one. So you made a I did comment. Fail to mention. Do what? Sorry, go ahead. I say I did fail to mention that this thing says it is made with 100% fresh pressed American apples. This looks like that one that you had the other the other uh week or so ago like Oh my goodness. Looks like water. Uh what was that? Hang on, let me back up. Scandinavian apple yeah. hard cider. Yeah, it's been a minute. Um I was going to say, you made a comment a couple weeks ago that we can't hear each other's can popping. Yes. And then my, I definitely heard yours just Did then. you? Yeah, I did. Okay, nice. So Maybe it's because I, I, like, I didn't hold it right up in front. I held it off to the side, so maybe that's what it was. Oh, I, I don't know. So anyway, mine, mine smells good. It smells just kind of like a... It smells a little bit like a fruity lager. Mm-hmm. Um, but they kind of set that up by telling me it's got... It's got citrus in it, so okay. But well, that's good. This one, it smells like a good version of uh, of uh, Angry Orchard. Angry Orchard is already a good version of Angry Orchard. Though. I know. Might be better though. Don't we're gonna find that, out. Let's drink that, them. I'm about to say that right there is blasphemy. How dare you? <laughs> let's, let's drink. Let's do it. Cheers. Cheers. It's not as good as Angry Orchard. It is good, though. Hmm. I can go ahead and go. I'm pretty locked up. Go ahead and go. So this one's it's not terrible. It's just not as good as Classic City. It's not as good as Yingling. Um yeah. It really feels almost a little weak in flavor. Um, it doesn't feel like, and and, and like there's not going to be anything uh, over the moon about this thing. There's nothing like way out there that's it's just just like a basic lager kind of deal. Um, but the lager flavor just isn't as strong as I'm used to. Um, yeah. Now, Yinglings are darker. Loggers, mm -hmm. I I feel, um, Classic City has a dark has like a darker um, flavor profile than this one does, and I think I like that that richness. I think that's mm -hmm. what I'm missing here. Um, this is this is okay. It's not great. It's not terrible. Um, if you're looking for something a little different, this would be a good like if you if you could if you could get tired of Yingling. I don't know if that's possible. Um, <laughs> 
but for me (laughs) this would be a good alternative or if you couldn't find yingling god forbid that um but you know i'll i mean i'll give this three and a half luthers that's kind of where i'm landing right now um again not great not terrible just kind of like right there in the middle of the road for us yeah um it's okay it's not bad it's it's different and it's different enough from a yingling or a classic city that I know it's not one of those yeah, and it's not as good as either of those. So that's where I'm leaning. Nice. Three, and a, three and a half out of five. Again, three and a half. Not terrible, but there we go. Well, the Blake's uh, Blake's Apple American Apple Cider is also going to be three and a half out of five. Um, when it said Imperial Cider, my brain instantly went to like super rich flavor. Mm-hmm. And this is not super rich flavor. I mean, it's I'm I'm not being mean, Blakes, I promise, but this to me is like the LaCroix of ciders. Mm. <laughs> you know, um, there is apple flavor in it, but it's like you drove past the hundred percent fresh pressed apples and you just wafted the flavor in is all you did. Like it the angry orchard, like I mean, that tastes like apple juice on steroids. Mm-hmm. To me, you know, it's juiced up apple juice. This is like juiced up water with apple flavor conveniently put in there. Do you think it's like a artificial? Is that is that what you're getting? I don't know that it's artificial. I mean, it it the apple flavor itself, even though it's very in the background, the apple flavor itself is good. It's just not as strong as you it's want. It's just it. not as strong as I would want it to be in a cider. Like, I mean, if it were a multi fruit cider. I mean, I, I guess I could get it. Like you don't, you're not going to pick out one flavor. Mm-hmm. But even, I mean, even if you're going to have, if you're going to have a beer that says or a cider that says, "This is my flavor, apple." Like I expect to be able to pick that up pretty easily. And right, I get it. It's in there, but it's just, it's just not. It's watered down. So I'm a, li- I'm a little bit let down on this one. Well. Man, this unfortunately struggling. I mean, I say struggling. We both got three and a half out of five. They're not terrible beers. They're not terrible drinks. Mm -mm. It's just, you know, we've kind of set a standard. The last month or so, we've been on a tear. Yeah, we have of uh, (laughs) of really good, really good drinks. And tonight just isn't one of those nights. So, nope. um, Mountain Jam from Southbound getting three and a half out of five Luthers for me, and the. American apple cider from Blake's Hard Cider, Blake's Cider Company. What are they called? Blake's Blake, Hard Cider. Blake's Co. Blake's Hard Cider. Also getting three and a half out of five from Anthony. Um, not terrible, not great on either front, but it just is what it is this week. So that's right. That's where we're at. So what are we doing next, Anthony? So we're going to take a quick break, and then after we uh, come back, we're going to start our discussion into the book of Luke, um, but we're not going to finish it tonight because there's a lot to cover, um, and so we're going to divide this up. We're going to cover the first kind of eight chapters tonight, and then we're going to cover the rest of it uh, next week. Um but yeah, so when we get back, we have already set up the book of Luke last week, and this week we are going to be diving into the text and just doing a walk through the book uh, or the gospel of Luke. So stick around and we will be right back. 
and we are back. Uh, Anthony and I are finishing our drinks. Um, I may get something else out of the fridge here in a second. If I disappear for a minute, just keep keep on without me. Keep keep talking. Um, yep, yeah, keep talking. Um, but tonight we are going to um, begin our discussion through Luke. Um, the uh, the actual book itself last week if you haven't already listened to it go back and listen we uh presented the orienting data and the advice on how to read the book of luke and tonight we're going to go uh through the book itself um we're going to start uh, we're we're going to start it tonight um and then we'll finish it up next week this will take a couple of weeks um our system has been really working well i think mm-hmm. but you know uh luke is just so extra detailed Yes, it is. What a what a guy. What a <laughs> he's a man after my heart because I love details, but messing messing with our feng shui a little bit here, I think. But <laughs> that's okay. We'll we'll manage. So so tonight, let's get into it. Uh the book of Luke. Uh the first so really uh the way the um the book by book, uh how to read the Bible book by book that we're using as our foundation for everything, how they split this up they split luke up into like four major groups mm-hmm. or four major categories and the first one here um is the story begins which is the first uh chapter and like first three chapters and then some of chapter four um and so we get the prologue here in the first four verses with uh luke setting the stage by stating that he intends to give an orderly account of jesus's life and ministry um he sets forth the reason for his narrative. Um, it's usually in light of what others have done and almost always um, addressing the person reading it as someone to be honored. Um, and so we have that. And then we get into um, the rest of chapter one through chapter two, which is the announcement of the, the announcement and the birth of Jesus, which is the passage that a lot of people know from nativity scenes at church yep. Um, it's Charlie Brown Christmas, Charlie Brown Christmas. <laughs> I, I, when I, um, maybe the first winter I worked at our old church, we did a live nativity at a local, um, at a local Island mm-hmm. place. I won't tell the name, so I won't, don't give away too much, <laughs> but if you've been to North Georgia, you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, but so we did a live nativity and we had a reading of Luke of this passage of Luke on repeat Mm -hmm. and working in production, I had to go up and like, make sure it didn't uh, stop working. It played on repeat as it was supposed to on whenever. Um, So I I had a good part portion of that uh, memorized and I couldn't get it out of my head for a while. So, (laughs) Um, and again, this is the most recognized version of the birth of Christ probably for that for the reason right there mm-hmm. um it's used largely in the when you talk about nativity preach about at christmas all that kind of stuff so yep um you're going to notice four key points here in this narrative through these uh through the first two chapters here excuse me um and we talked about this some a little bit last week um or talked about some of these a little bit last week so mm-hmm. uh Luke's going to tie uh the person of Jesus to the story of Israel um <clears throat> And uh, we're going to see that um, there are key people in Luke's – the key people in Luke's story are the poor of Israel. Mm -hmm. Um, We're going to see the blessing of uh, Simeon, 
that will point to Jesus as the glory of Israel. And then Luke's going to emphasize Jesus's humanity, um, which will he will also later emphasize his divinity. Yeah. So we're going to see that kind of like compare and contrast of of those and how Jesus completely fulfills uh, both the the humane and the divine mm-hmm. as um, the Son of God uh, through the hypostatic union, which is one of my favorite words. Um, yes, it is. So, uh, so we get through that. And then we are going to get um, the final little bit here in the first section of Luke is Jesus's preparation for ministry, which is uh, chapter three and then part of chapter four. Um, Like the other three gospels, we're going to have John the Baptist setting the stage um, to Jesus as the Messiah. Um, And Luke is going to go all the way back to Adam with the genealogy that he uh, brings forth in this section when he's talking about the uh, genealogy of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to see that uh, Jesus is baptized in this section. He's anointed by the Spirit in this section. Mm-hmm. Um, the Spirit leads Jesus into the desert to be tested, um, which is the the famous uh, temptation of Jesus um, here. Yeah. Um, and after this, um, after the temptation, Jesus is prepared for his public ministry, which begins um, right here in uh, chapter four. So why don't you walk us through that, Anthony? Yeah. So when uh, when Jesus comes out of the wilderness, uh, the temptation, and um, he comes back into ministry, something that that I, I think is interesting that we're gonna we're gonna start tonight and kind of pick up next week as well, kind of when we close out is this idea of the temple. Um, Jesus at the beginning in in those verses, and even on through the start of his ministry, um, there's going to be this kind of like temple motif that happens. Jesus is going to begin in the temple, and then when we get to the end of it, he's going to go back to the temple, uh, and Luke's mm-hmm. going to tie that in. It's it's a really it's a cool thing. So I wanted to kind of set that up now because we're really going to talk about it uh, next week uh, as we close out the book, but. Right now, um, we're going to look at Jesus uh, and his ministry beginning in Galilee. Um, what Luke does is he uses repeated short narratives, and he's going to kind of weave this story together of Jesus's ministry and the types of things that he does. Uh, talking about, um, you were just talking about the 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 hypostatic union, and yes, Jesus is one hundred percent human, and he's also one hundred percent divine, and so. The way we understand that is through uh, the understanding of the hypostatic union, which is, uh, I think it's, I've, uh, I've referenced it before on here, but there's a rapper named Shy Lin who has a, a great song on that uh, that would help you understand what the hypostatic union is. Um, but in our first little section here, chapter four, we see good news for Nazareth and for Capernaum. Um, Luke is really going to set up Jesus's ministry, um, and it's going to be this opening narrative that kind of establishes what's going to happen going forward. You have two short narratives that follow this, and they focus on the poor and the captive. You're going to see these themes of um, the poor, the marginalized, the outcast, um, not the popular. Um, Those are going to continually be stories that are told throughout mm-hmm. the gospel of Luke and 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 Luke does that intentionally to really paint a picture of the types of people that Jesus focuses on and cares for. Yeah. 
Um, and, and I think that narrative, um, should carry over to, to Christians as well. We're going to, we're going to talk more about that. So I just want to set that up there. Um, but these narratives also set up, um, this divine war that's going to start between, um, Jesus and in the realm of man. And then he's basically coming to earth in the, in bodily form and he's challenging Satan on his own turf. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Kate, Satan was cast down to, uh, to earth and, and he is, uh, described in the scriptures as the prince of the earth. Um, and, and so th- it's kind of like, uh, it, for lack of a better way of, of putting it, it's like dad's going to your house, to your son's house. And it's like, all right, son, I'm going to show you how to run a house, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, he's really coming to, to, to pick a fight realistically but not with who you think he's going to pick a fight with uh um, right and so so that that begins the setup this is going to be played out through his interactions with religious leaders all kinds of different things uh throughout the the different narratives of the book um and so right you know kind of in that ending of end of chapter four and rolling into chapters five in the beginning of six we have uh mission and controversy okay Jesus, um, because of what he does, because of uh, the miracles, the healings, all that kind of stuff, he is naturally going to gain fame. We've talked about this in the other in the other gospels, um, and and so this fame is a direct threat to the religious leaders, and so this immediately sets up uh, this this controversy or this conflict or this division between Jesus and the religious leaders. And there's going to be a few different narratives here in chapter five um, that really kind of establish the ground rules, I guess you could say. It's not, I mean, Jesus is God, so he he de- makes the rules and defines the rules. Um, but it just kind of, for the reader, it lays out what's happening. You know, mm-hmm. it gives us a good understanding of what's happening here. So um, the first one is Jesus's right to forgive sins. You know, obviously only God has the right to forgive sins. And Jesus is clearly saying, yeah, I'm standing here. I'm in the flesh. Also God, you know, are you mm-hmm. man or are you God? Yes. <laughs> you know, that's, is it's one of those things. Um, and then you, uh, he, he's going to focus on his disciples. He's going to talk to his disciples about not fasting and fasting and breaking Sabbath and all these, you know, these other things. And, and something that you're going to see again in Luke. And I think, Oh, I might have to go back and remember. It was Matthew where we saw a lot of focus put on what Jesus taught the disciples. I know Mark did mm-hmm. it too, but there was there was um, in the Matthew narratives there was a lot of uh, attention given to Jesus teaching the disciples. Yeah, there was a lot um, of there was a lot of um, like here's the parable, and then Jesus like breaking down for the disciples what the parable yeah. meant. Yeah. And so you see that and and understand that as a, you know, Jesus is teaching those who are who are following him. Uh and Jesus had more than 12 disciples. There was just 12 that that really stuck it out to the end, but you mm-hmm. can, you know, there's times in Matthew and there's really even times in Luke where, you know, it says that Jesus taught something and people quit following him because of what he taught. Uh right. and so, you know, they they were disciples and they're like, "Yeah, not for me. Peace out, Jesus." Um and so we're going to begin to see that narrative take place and form right here um, in in chapters five and the beginning of chapter six. And that's going to roll into exactly what we were just talking about, uh, which is the ending of chapter six. Uh, and Jesus is going to instruct his disciples. 
And he's going to really focus in on and hone what he's teaching his disciples, uh, mm. what discipleship should be like, what uh, how they are to interact with the world based off of what he's teaching them. Um, and his focus on this, this discipleship is going to have really four kind of key points here. Um, we've already mentioned it in the stuff that you were talking about, but he's going to focus on the humble poor of society. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to talk about those who are persecuted for Jesus' sake. And, and, uh, I think we've developed that theological thought pretty, pretty significantly here on the podcast in past episodes. Go back and look at, um, our study of first Peter, go back and look at our study of Habakkuk, um, and lamentations and, and you'll really, you really see that, um, that theological thought really mm-hmm. formulate. And, and this is another place that you can find it. Um, this the the next one is an interesting one. How you can love people and not judge people, mm-hmm. uh, loving but not judging. Um, you know, I, I think in our society today, in in the Twitter sphere and the social media places, um, it's it's become, I guess the 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 way that you show your bona fides is by how you attack your enemies um, online. Mm-hmm. How you can. Uh, can you slam them in less than 280 characters? Can you, you know, can you post one article that just owns the people that you disagree with? Um, and, and again, I think I've said this on here before as well. You can say the right thing the wrong way and it still makes you wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, and so Jesus is going to focus with his disciples. He's going to say, Hey, there's a way to judge people. Jesus never says, don't judge, you know, go back to Matthew seven. He never tells people don't judge. Mm -hmm. He says, if you're, when you're going to judge, do it this way, this is the right way to do it. Um, and, and so many times there's, there's people on both ends of the spectrum that say, oh, you can't judge. No, that's not what he's saying. But then there's also people that are like, well, you got to tell them the truth and you got to just slam it down their throats. No, that's not right either. Right. You know? There is a way that you can love people and judge them, but you're judging them the right way. You're saying, hey, man, according yeah. to Scripture, this is not right in your life. Yeah. You the, know, and- I, th- I think the issue comes with like the negative connotation that comes from the word judge mm-hmm. because for so long, Christians, and I mean, I'm, I'm sure you'll attest to this too, but like we've all fallen into that trap of judging someone because of, whatever reason oh yeah absolutely. and and you know it doesn't make it right doesn't you know it's definitely wrong to judge somebody based on little to no information known about them yeah however your love for your love for them should surpass whatever your flesh is telling you to think about them yes um your your christ-like love for them should do that and you know, we've said it a, a hundred times probably on here. You can love somebody and you can give them the truth. But if you do one without the other, you're not really showing them love at all. Exactly. You can, you can, if you show somebody love and, and just say like, you know, you're fine just the way you are. There's nothing you need to change about yourself. God loves you just the way you are. He doesn't want you. To, he doesn't want you to change. Like that's not doing that person a service. You're doing a yeah. disservice to that person because you're not showing them true love. Yep. When on the flip side, if you're just th- thrashing the truth down their throat and not 
showing them any love, then you're not showing the you're not showing them who Jesus is either. Because Jesus, mm-hmm. one of his attributes is that he is loving, is yep. that he cares and is kind and compassionate. Yes, he is at times um, aggressive and speaks the truth boldly and without shame. He is God, so he does have that going for him. Yep. Um, you know, he, he he flips tables. He calls he calls the Pharisees um, a brood of vipers. You yeah. know, he 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 go, he goes so far to say is like, you guys are missing the whole point of what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. And he wasn't afraid to go toe to toe with those guys. Mm-mm. But he did all of that out of love for them love for the people that God had created. Um, and, and everything Jesus did was through the lens of love and compassion. Yeah. Hard to hear at times. Yes. Yeah. You know, he told a woman at the well, go and sin no more. Like mm-hmm. he, 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 he confronted her directly about her sin. Yeah. But he did it in a way to where she was like, Oh snap. He <laughs> knows everything about me. And, but, but she didn't go away going like, man, that's stupid. Jesus, he don't know nothing. Like, yeah. Like she left and was like, she ran into town saying, there's a man who told me everything I did. Yep. And I like to believe that she turned her life around and, and, you know, (laughs) either quit shacking up with the man she was with or got married and, and got married to that man or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, so I guess all that to say, if we're going to, if we as believers are going to make an impact on the people around us, on the world around us, mm-hmm. in our workplaces and schools and churches and and ball fields and restaurants and where, wherever you go, if we're going to make an impact, then we can't clench our fists around the truth yeah. and forget love. And we can't clench our fists around love and forget the truth. That's like, right. There's got to be both. Yep. So, yep, that's exactly right. And, uh, you know, it, it, it leads to the the fourth point on, on his focus on discipleship and that's obedience, you know, true, real, deep discipleship is going to produce obedience. It's going to produce fruit. It's going to produce, um, a, a person who acts on what they believe, you know, Mm. um, there's a there's a statement that I use um, full of full of big big theological words, but it is your orthodoxy should always affect your orthopraxy. Um, what you believe should always affect what you do mm. is another way of saying that. Um, and and if it doesn't affect what you do, if what you believe doesn't affect what you do, then you don't believe what you say you believe. Mm. Um, and, and I'm willing to stand behind that because, because at the end of the day, if, if I say that I love my wife, okay, but all I do is ignore her texts and her phone calls. And, um, when she asks me a question, I just shrug it off and say, whatever, you know, if, if I don't, if I don't act in a way towards her that shows her that I love her, then she's not going to believe me when I say I love her. Mm-hmm. You know, I can get up in the morning and I can say, I'm going to work. I love you, honey. 
and and that's that's words coming out of my mouth but if if i don't do if that's the only thing i do then the vast majority of my life is showing her that i don't love her so my actions yeah. my orthopraxy do not support my belief that i love her so that that wraps up i mean that that kind of rounds out this first part of Jesus's ministry in Galilee and it mm-hmm. gets us through verse or chapter excuse me chapter 6 and so take us through uh from from 7 down to, down into 9 and let's kind of set this thing up because as we as we talk and finish out this discussion on the ministry of Jesus it's going to set us up for what we're going to talk about next week so get us through the the last couple of chapters here so we get into chapter 7 and um it continues the um the poor the um, outcast of society, the downtrodden, that theme continues here. Um, it's good news to the poor in chapter seven. Um, Jesus is showing his compassion on the poor. Um, he starts with the Gentile, there's a widow, the town prostitute. Um, the there's this great exclamation, especially, uh, let me see here, hang on, after the um, the narrative with the widow, um. Uh-huh that a great prophet has appeared among us, um, yeah. which leads to this narrative about Jesus and John the Baptist. Um, and the Pharisees reject um, rejection of John leads to this, leads to the last story, mm-hmm. which is the one about um, the town prostitute. Um, but then we see even further that that's really a rejection of Jesus. Yeah. Um, and that's going to continue to build as we really as we reach the climax of the uh of the book next week mm-hmm. which is the crucifixion of jesus um which this i feel like everything is kind of there's, there's always this undertone of um in the new in the in the gospels there's this undertone of like the pharisees are nowhere to be found and then when they mm-hmm. start showing up they become a bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger player until mm-hmm. they're the main bad guy yeah. They're they're like um I'm gonna nerd out for a second. Do it. They're like in episode one of Star Wars. And and this is a bad example because episode one of Star Wars is the prequel, so we know who the bad guy is from the beginning. But you have Palpatine, mm-hmm. and he's kind of like in the background in episode one, but then throughout episode two, he becomes a bigger player and he gets a little bit more power and a little bit more greedy. He's not necessarily like a main character, but he gets more power. He's it's all happening in the background. And then through episode three, it happens again and he keeps getting more and more power. And then by the end of the movie, he's like, Oh, he's the Senate. He just said that. He's the Senate. So and he's throwing stuff at Yoda and it's all it's all crazy. Like that's kind of what I like. I know that's like a dumb analogy. No, it makes sense. But it's like all this stuff happening in the background, and then at the end of it. The the guys who have just been kind of like, they've been back there, and every time they're back there, they're like, man, Jesus is like the worst. Like that. That's what the, that's that's. <laughs> it's like they're the gang who's like the new kids coming to school, mm-hmm. and and they're the gang is like, man, this new kid's coming in and like messing up our vibe and doing all this stuff. Yeah. Like we need we need to go get them. And then like the longer the longer it goes on, like just the worse it gets for them. That's how yeah. I feel about the Pharisees. So it's going to continue to build, and it's not going to get any better. Um. So, no, it's not. Sorry. Um, so then we get into <laughs> chapter eight, um, 
we're a little off our schedule tonight. Sorry. Yeah, um, so we get into chapter eight. Uh, we get this authentic hearing, fear, and faith. That's what the hearing, fear, and faith. I don't know if I said that right before, but um, so Luke's going to present Jesus as a teacher of parables. Um, mm-hmm. So as to emphasize um, this authentic hearing, um, the kind that leads to obedience. Um, this is then there's uh, three miracle stories. Um that demonstrate Jesus's power over over creation, demons, death, and uncleanness. Um, and these stories will pick up the themes of fear and faith. So yeah. um, we're going to see that here in chapter eight, and then uh, we're going to move into chapter nine, which is um, the identity of Jesus and authentic discipleship. And we, Anthony already touched on this a little bit when he was talking about discipleship earlier. Um, but throughout this section, watch how the disciples are going to uh, watch how they play in this section with their sending um, by Jesus out for ministry. So Jesus is going to send them out um, and they play a pretty significant role in this, in these, uh, in these narratives here. Yeah. So just watch out for that. And then, and then we'll see that, uh, we have Peter's confession um, and the transfiguration narrative that sets up what Jesus will accomplish in Jerusalem, um, and that's the cross there. Yeah. Um, the first two predictions of Jesus' death happen in this section, um, and then at tra- at the transfiguration, Jesus talks with Moses and Elijah about the Exodus, yeah. um, which is he which is about the Exodus. Sorry, he's about to accomplish in Jerusalem. Yeah. So. That was a lot of information in a very short amount of time. <laughs> if you have to go back and listen to it again, that's okay. Yeah. Or if you don't want to, that's fine too. Like, it's fine. It, it won't hurt our feelings. Um. But yeah, that's uh that gets us through, uh, through most of the first basically, not quite half of the book. Mm-hmm. It's like just short of half of the book. But, um, next week we'll pick up here, and um and and wrap it up from there. So yeah. The second half of Luke, uh, well, textually, like the second half of Luke, it's more words, but we're going to get into larger, longer narratives next week, so it's going to get, it's going to be able to move a little bit quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, but we didn't want to cram all of this into one like two hour long episode, and so we, you know, because we, we could, <laughs> we yeah, we definitely could. Um, but but that's you know, we're going to pause right there, um, and then next week we're going to start the the journey into Jerusalem and which is which is obviously going to lead to the cross mm-hmm. um and then and then talk about how Luke really sets up acts as well um we're not going to we're not going to dive into acts we're going to do John first but but we're going to come back and and tie Luke and acts together because they are tied together so mm-hmm. um yeah it's going to be a good good discussion anything else you want to add to that I don't think so but I would like to pray for us Do it. Pray for us tonight. All right. So, uh, Father, thank you for tonight. Thank you for the opportunity to get together and discuss your word. Um, Thank you for uh, the book of Luke. Thank you for um, the immense details that um, you uh, allowed the book of Luke to be written with. Uh, Thank you for just the truths that we pull out of Luke. Thank you for the... uh, just the challenges that we have uh, that we receive from the book of Luke, God. 
Um, and tonight, especially, I pray that we all take that that um, truth and love, um, how to love others without judging them. Um, we take all that to heart and that we apply it to our lives. Um, God, we pray that you remind us that um, if we have love and we don't have truth, or if we have truth and we don't have love, then we're missing then we're missing a big part of what you've called us to do, who you've called us to be. Um, Jesus, I pray that we are um, just so focused on loving others and share, sharing the truth with them um, that we don't get caught up in proving them wrong or um, showing them where they've messed up. Um, but God, we also don't skimp on sharing the truth. I pray that we don't get so in a such a loving way that we fail to um, share the truth with others. Um, God, I thank you for just uh, how you continue to uh, watch over and bless Anthony and I's family. I pray you continue to do so. Um, and everyone who listens to our podcast, God, I pray that you continue to do that. Um, and thank you for um, we thank you for this platform that you've given us um, to talk about what you've shared with us through your word and um gotta pray um to see you continue to do so um thank you jesus for your great love your great compassion uh for us and uh we thank you for um the cross and what you accomplished for us on on calvary's god um we love you um again jesus you're so good you are so worthy of our praise and our worship and uh we pray all these things in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Anthony, if our listeners want to find us on the social media places, where would they do that? You can find us on social media by going to Instagram and looking at beers and Bible underscore uh, on the Twitter which we're not very active on. We should do better about Twitter. Beers and Bible P1 tweeted us so we can respond. <laughs> we should, but maybe we shouldn't because you every week you're like, man, keyboard war- warriors are the worst. That's true. They are. But but I also play keyboard warrior from time to time. So yeah. it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a it's a it's a thing. It's a thing. Anyway, uh, Facebook search beers and Bible podcast. Look for that awesome logo of both of our uh, heads and uh, follow us there and send us messages. And if you want to get us the old school way, you can email us directly uh, at beersandbiblepodcast at gmail.com. We do not have snail mail, so I apologize for that. But if you're super old school, um, you're going to have to at least get email. So I'm, I'm looking at our email account right now. We haven't received an email that we have saved in 12 days. So there you go. Send us some email. Mainly because I delete them as soon as they... If, if they're not important, I delete them. I don't keep them. Pretty much. No, they should. I delete emails all the time. Yep. So, um, so there you go. That's where you can reach us. If you have questions, comments, concerns, you want to tell us how right we are or how wrong we are, uh, or just share with us some good beers, feel free to reach out at any of those places, and we will be glad to correspond with you. That's Michael, it. What's up? Until next week, I hope your beer stays cold. And your Bible stays open so we can see you later. Peace out. Peace out.